I'm very lucky today to be sitting in the company of a South African legend. Before Luis Figo did it, before Carlos Tevez did it, before Saul Campbell did it, before Morris Johnson did it, Marks Go Man Go Maponyane moved between two Soweto giants. Kaiser Chiefs, not the band, the club, and Orlando Pirates. Mr. Maponyane, good evening. Good evening, Cockney, and uh, good to be here, and uh, good to be chatting to you. Uh, we as On The Whistle listeners and journalists are very excited to have you come on today and talk to us and share your time with us with the impending derby coming up between Orlando Pirates and the Mighty Kaiser Chiefs. Now, you've done the jerseys for both these clubs, Marks. What was it like for you? It has uh, always been a challenge uh, donning the jerseys of uh, both these clubs. And I wouldn't say either or, but both. And I'll start with the one that I started with, which is uh, Kaiser Chiefs. And uh, for the 10 years, it has always been torturous to walk onto the field and knowing that results are expected all the time. And then you look back and you say, maybe I'm too putting too much pressure on myself. It's because of the ones that came before us who were winning, and then they're expecting our generation to win. And uh, it just became a week in and week out of consistency. And you know how impossible that is. You cannot do that for 10 years, let alone for two seasons. I mean, ask Pep, you know, it cannot be like that. At some point, you've got to regroup. And uh, I've had uh, up and down moment, uh, moments with Kaza Chiefs where we had to regroup after three seasons of winning trophies. And after regrouping, I remember we had a year 1984 where we had what we call a Grand Slam, where we cleaned everything that was on offer. And then the season after, we are almost relegated, you know? So it means you were banned out, which we gave all, we left everything on the field and obviously everything to show for in the cabinet. That is, that is such an astonishing story to go from being so successful, taking everything and then almost getting relegated the season thereafter. Burnout is not really spoken, but you do see examples of that even in nowadays. You see it happened to Klopp at Dortmund is potentially happening now to Klopp at Liverpool. It happened to Leicester City. But how do you get through these difficult periods as a player while that is happening? Yeah, the key thing is it depends at what stage of uh, your sort of involvement with the team uh, are you at. When I say at what stage is if you are in your mid-20s or if you're still young, you know you're part of the future. You can work with the team. You can work with the dreams or share those dreams with management. Yeah. But uh, when you are a senior player, obviously you know you're destined one way out <laughs> because uh, they have to sort of uh, rejuvenate the side. And you can't be part of the play, you know? But uh, also what more do you expect from a senior player in his mid or late thirties who has done everything? you obviously know that uh, he's got to be replaced by quality players, either from development or those that are making headlines from opposition sides at your level. That is so true. Um, and that's very wise, wisely put as well. 
uh, you've given us both perspectives there on how to see it. Now, you know, football has actually come into the, the modern era, much more professional, much more money in the game. But what was it like being in the change room for Kaiser Chiefs and being in the change room of Orlando Pirates? Was it very different in the era you played in? No, funny enough, uh, there wasn't anything different for one simple reason. Being in the change room of Pirates and being in the change room of Chiefs was similar because of pressure. You, what makes it similar is the fact that you both, uh, or you all know as players, but in this case, uh, me in particular, because I played for both, was they are expecting results, those messes out there. You know, when the team is uh, followed by like a band, you know, it's like this is just a, a, a more than a, a, a supporters club. It's, it's, it's an organization that always needs to deliver. And you're in the change room, you go out of the change room and you're playing away, maybe in Durban or Cape Town. And you're thinking, we are visitors, but we have 40,000 people here, you know? And the home team's got 5,000 people who happen to be available and who force themselves to be there. <laughs> so it just shows you that the pressure is on you. And I'm talking an away game. Then you can imagine when you come home. So it's home and away. And what made it home and away very imperative for us to win is the fact that away, it's like Jim comes to Joburg, you know? Uh, we brought the gold to that city. You know, we're from the city of gold and the, these are the golden uh, boys, the glamour boys of Soweto. And everyone is expecting to see what they've been seeing on TV. But they don't care whether three months ago you were sort of uh, untouchables and you might be tired. They just think they have to win and they have to show us what they have been showing us on TV. So that's always been put in pressure. But, you know, Courtney, I'm just thinking, imagine doing that for 10 years for Kaiser Chiefs. Then you go to Paris and at Paris, it was same expectations because of one simple reason, because what one was doing at Chiefs followed me. <laughs> yeah? So all what you put out there follows you because the guys would say, oh yeah, now we want to see if he can do it when he's with this team. But unfortunately, I have to do it, or fortunately, if you like, I have to do it because I want to be at that level. You know, you want, if you want to play at a certain level, you've got to keep that consistency going. I've always said when you are enjoying your career, when you want to be the best that you can be, you always have to not care where you kick in the ball, but as long as you kick in the ball, be the best that you can be. You know, Moxet, that, that is once again such nice insight. And what's coming across there is the drive you've had to have to be successful because it's not an easy thing. As you said, 10 years at the top, and the one thing is that the demands are the same every day. Hi, great. You've got to perform. You've got to be successful. There is no second place. Yeah, but, in fact, let's also not confuse. This is 10 years in one club, one big team. Yes. And then the other three years in another big team. Then obviously at the end, which is now a total of 18 years, 
where I had to join vets and to wrap up the, 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 the career. Also, it doesn't mean when you get to this last team, that is not as big as the ones that you've played for before. You can just leisurely rock up and walk about because your, your reputation is at stake. You don't want people to say, this man is finished. You want to say, I am tired. <laughs> That's the difference. And when you say, I'm tired, you are respected more than when they say, no, he's finished. We don't want to see him anymore. <laughs> you know? The saddest thing for any player is when the fans that you've entertained over the years and for so long can wake up and say, no, we don't want to see this man anymore. He's just stealing our money. Imagine from being a chief to a thief. Uh -oh. <laughs> so this guy is a thief. He's stealing our money. And we don't know what he's doing on this, uh, on this part. But you know, on a serious note though, you also realize that when you get older, you are a bit slower. So you will always try to use your mind through memory, if you know what I mean, mm. to do what you used to do. And you are always going to be slower. And that's the time when you are risking injuries because the young stars, young defenders with a lot of enthusiasm will always try to win the ball before you. And before you know, they break your leg. And that's when you realize that when I'm getting slower, when I don't do things that I used to do and not feel the pain anymore, but really these days I'm feeling a lot of pain after doing things that I've been doing over the years. That's when you realize now, it shouldn't be like that. You know, the, the interesting thing, Courtney, is that towards the end of the career, at the end of every game, that is the year before I made the decision, at the end of every game, I would just be soaking my legs and my knees and, uh, you know, putting eyes. And I'm thinking, but I can't have pain after action. <laughs> that it means it's not exciting anymore, <laughs> you know? And also because with respect, I, wasn't, I didn't end my career playing for a glamorous side the side that keeps possession, the side that could make you always recover, use your experience, run into spaces and put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. Everybody had to graft to get the ball, <laughs> you know? And wow. like you can't have a 36 year old running like a 16 year old trying to get the ball. Yeah, I, don't know. I can't do this anymore. But you know, the beauty is just that uh, one decided on this particular morning, I remember I was in Camps Bay in Cape Town and I was looking at the beauty of uh, nature. And I said, I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> I mean, what a way to decide. Nice place, Camps Bay, very nice place. Oh, yo, beautiful. I mean, when you've seen Camps Bay and think of the goalpost and the size of the pitch, you say, no, I'm fine here. <laughs> and then the, the, the coach didn't believe that uh, I just wrote this nice love letter to say, you know, I've been in love with this game for so long. Thank you very much. And that's how I stopped. It was every year of learning everything. And when I say learning everything, I've learned how to meet expectations week in and week out. I've learned to be consistent. I've learned to dig deep even when you're not feeling like. I mean, we're all human, and I don't know that people realize that about players. That is why I say always when I watch the game and watch players, I always look beyond what I see because one has lived that. And I'm sure you know that because your cousin worked with us and all that. Yeah. And I always see a human being behind this person.
that everyone is looking at on TV. Someone who would have challenges in life, someone who do not feel like smiling and running around, but unfortunately he's got a contract, you know? But for that 90 minutes, the fans don't care what your personal problems are, <laughs> you know? You just have to go out there and do what you do best. They just want their seller to put the ball into, in the back of the net. They don't want their money to put the ball in the back of the net. They want their, you know, they want to see their main city doing what they do week in and week out, game in and game out, you know? And we were not ex exceptions. They even forget that we were not paid a fortune. Remember you touched on salary. We were, we were playing for the love of the game. I mean, the little we were getting was just the pride that you get out of uh, showcasing your God-given talent. Just to cut in there, what was your salary? Because I'll tell you mine first, before you tell me. So let's share. <laughs> and you must remember, this is going to be going out to the people. How much was yours? When I signed my first professional contract, my salary was 950 rand. Lucky you. <laughs> and you were not playing for a big team, were you? I was playing for Manning Rangers at the time. Exactly. We won the Premier League in that exactly. year. Exactly, not a big team. <laughs> now, mine, to be honest, and uh, it, it's going to be laughable, but I will tell you a story behind that. Yes. It was 600 rand. Oh, 600 my. rand playing for... I was for getting paid more than you. <laughs> On the 600 rand, it wasn't about the rents and cents that I signed for. It was about the fact that I'm given the opportunity to showcase my God-given talent. Mm. But here's the secret. Sometimes in life, it's not what you're doing for a living or what you're getting for what you're doing. It's how well you do it that can open the bigger picture. And I learned that from football where you get 600 rand, but every sponsor wants to go to bed with you mm. because they want to associate their brand with you. And I was making a lot of money from endorsements. And that's what made me love the game even more. And say, if I'm consistent in this game, if I show my love for the game, if I am consistent week in and week out, dig deep, go an extra mile, train on my own and join the team later, all those things can make me a better player. And obviously the last part that a lot of players don't realize is always learn. And I always tried to learn and listen to the coaches because sometimes you would think that you've been around and you've had so many accolades that no coach will tell you, you know, three times football of the year, South <laughs> African sports hero of the year. Who are you going to tell me that I should do this and that? And I'm in my 20s or 30s. Why should I learn that now? You know, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Because even at the end of my career, I ended up learning things that I wish I would have done while I was playing. You know, you think, could have been a better player had I known this, you know? So it just shows you that you learn while you're there and you even learn when you've stopped playing. Mox, you've, you've, you've given a lot of insight there, but I'm going to come back to you be you, you leave Kaiser Chiefs and then you also go to this fellow juggernaut of a team, Orlando Pirates. Now, you've spoken about the pressures at Chiefs, mm. but how did the fans treat you transitioning from one to the other? The transition was not direct. That was the trick. I had to spend a year, one season, at uh, Dynamos, Linasia Dynamos. And the reason I spent a year at Linasia Dynamos, 
straight away when I left Kaiser Chiefs, I was told that the price for any other team is 150,000. But if it's any other team, it's 150,000, excluding the following teams. If it's Sundowns and Orlando Pirates, the price is going to be different. But that's from the management side. But from the fan side was, if it's to direct to Pirates or Sundowns, it's not going to be acceptable. Your life will be hell. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> you obviously have to come, come, come the waters in between and say, okay, let me look for a way out. And the way out was simple. A team in uh, Lanasia, Dynamos was interested and uh, then I spent a season there. But obviously it's not a big team. And when you've been with a big team for 10 years, <laughs> you can imagine you get to this so-called small team and it wasn't small, it had quality players, but it had no reputation of trophies. So I got there first year, we won the trophy. I've been fortunate, I've been followed by trophies, or I don't know whether I've, I've been followed by them or I've been following them. <laughs> <laughs> Either or, it, it, it's the same success. <laughs> so I got to Dynamos, we won one trophy, the JPS, and uh, after winning that JPS Cup, towards the end of the season, I said, guys, it's been fun being here with all these quality players, your John Wettys, your late Mark Bachelors and uh, Edward Motale, all those uh, quality players that ended up playing for Bafana Bafana. But I still felt the cold <laughs> through the stands, you know, when there is nobody, especially in winter. You just feel, no, I don't belong here. I'm not used to the cold in winter, even in the last uh, 10 years. Yeah. Then the only way was to go to Paris. So after a season, I went to Paris. But already the fans at Kaiser Chiefs have learned to play or to live without me. And when I got to Paris, it was like their memories were triggered. Then the big moments were Chiefs against Paris. I mean, you can imagine whose big moment is that? Surely mine. <laughs> I couldn't believe it and because and, I, I was young I remember this transition and then very soon after that you were captain of Pirates as well which came with more pressure you came with more pressure but then it wasn't much of a pressure because I had already been a captain at Kaiser Chiefs yes and that is more a team that has had more achievements than Orlando Pirates but at Pirates it was more like let's see if you can bring the same glory here but straight away it is a pressure because you are a captain of this big team that wants to reclaim the glory, <laughs> you know? And who else has to do that? The leader, the captain. And fortunately, I was blessed to be able to have the legs to pull the team and bring that uh, aura that Kaiser Chiefs had. And not only as an individual, but with those quality players that I spoke about, remember when I talked about uh, John Mwety and Edward Mutale and many others, they ended up joining Pirates, maybe two seasons later while I was there, and they made it solid as it was. I mean, when we won the Champions League in 1995, that's still my memorable moment in the game. Because at Kaiser Chiefs, we wouldn't have gone that far. As much as I was feeling bad and the fans were feeling bad, I had to make a business decision. You know, you just say, I need to move to this team that will pay better salary. 
but having moved to this team that pays a better salary, then you achieve things that you were not expecting to achieve. Been the champions of the continent, you know? And been the champions of Africa was uh, an achievement that I even thought and still think back today, that uh, having been with chiefs longer, had I accepted what they were giving, I was not going to see that there's a double door open somewhere. I'm still knocking on this door, trying to get something out of it. And uh, it brought a lot of memories. And you know, some of the things caught me that people don't realize. It's not about winning the trophy. It's knowing your continent. Wow, what an invaluable lesson that one has learned. I mean, I would have still been playing around at Gaza Chiefs at the time. But there we started traveling and started knowing every corner of the continent and obviously including the fact that you are so sort of acquainted to continental challenges at club level that it makes it easier for the club when they select the national team to have those that have traveled and seen the challenges and it became a joint sort of gain gaining from the club and also gaining with the national team uh, travels so you speak a bit about the Champions League. I'm going to come into Bafana very shortly because I know that you you got into the initial squads when they were mm. when they were about. Mm. But let's look at let's let's move a bit into the future at the moment. In our current time, mm. with Kaiser Chiefs qualifying for the quarterfinals, going very far at the moment. How important is this trophy or this journey for the Kaiser Chiefs in this tournament? Do you think? Yeah, in fact, uh, when you say for Kaza Chiefs, and I will also stress it that way, this journey is important for Kaza Chiefs in particular, because whether anybody likes it or not, they're still the most popular team in South Africa. But their popularity can also be enhanced by their achievement. Mm. And we know for a fact that they haven't taken uh, Af uh, the continent in this Africa by storm. And they need to take Africa by storm. Sundowns are, not have, are, Pirates have, you know, and Kaiser Chiefs is about time they started uh, taking the continent by storm. What do you feel is their chances in this current tournament at the moment? Because they drew two all to get through. Um, I thought uh, the goalie was fantastic. Oh, yeah, Kune was fantastic. Yeah. Kune was absolutely fantastic to keep them in it. So how far do you think they could actually go? I would be, I would be content if they lose in the final, especially because of the fact that we were discussing how important is it for them to bring back the aura, to bring back their reputation. And uh, if they lose in the final, I'll still be fine that they've gone all the way because they haven't been for years. Remember at some point they were not even playing in continental football. And uh, now, because of why, where they are at, where they are at in terms of having just, only just losing the league championship last season. Yes. And now nowhere near winning it, you know, not even defending what they could be possibly defending had they won it. Yes. Now they need to win something, but not something very, and with respect, very mediocre like any local cup, you know? I'm talking a continental uh, badge here, you know? They need that just to put some impetus in what they, well, where they should be or what they should be achieving. 
because we all know that if we're talking continental success, we should well be represented by Kaiser Chiefs, Orlando Pirates, and Sundowns, at least. You know, those three. With their reputation, with the money they have, they can be able to afford the quality of players that can go on and uh, face anyone in the continent head on. But for me, the pressure is they've got to go out there and not come out in the last eight, but go out there and come out in the final. Or maybe even uh, losing in the semis, but final will be better. I, I, I like, you said something a bit earlier, Mark, where you spoke about, you know, not even the trophies are important. And I like that because I was listening to Dr. Kamala the other day and he was talking about Bafana, he was talking about 96, and he said, that star on the badge, which Orlando Pirates has, mm. which is so symbolic and so important, more important than actually the actual trophy. Do you feel that that is something that KZ Chiefs now need, as you said, possibly the most marketable team in the country? I, I think uh, for those reasons, you are so right, because uh, you look at sundowns, by the way, not only Pirates, you look at sundowns, there's a star on their jersey. And you can't be saying Chiefs is the best team when there's no star on their jersey. And they need to go out there and get that star. Because it's one of those that uh, people cannot take away from you. They can only rewrite your history, but they cannot take away your history, if you know what I mean. No, I you cannot go out and say we are the best based on what? Best on what? Because that star speaks volumes. As I said to you, trophies don't always matter. They there, they break and all that. <laughs> I've got them lying around here broken, you know? But one thing that remains a fact is what is written there in terms of what one has achieved. So you've got to say, we need to achieve that. Even if you lose that medal, I know it's a big loss, that medal for the final as being champions, but you know, that that reputation, that history, your name is there. And that is what players don't realize, that there are things that cannot be replaced. And that is one of the many things that uh, are seen as minor things that cannot be replaced. And you know why I say many things? It's like when a, a, a club official or chairperson, chairman as they call them, say, guys, if you win this, I will give you extra two million uh, dollars or pounds <laughs> you know you'll win it and i will tell you you will always remember the star than the two million because you've long used the two million pounds you know you don't even talk about the incentive how many players get interviewed and say and for that win we were given two million pounds each <laughs> no. they say for that win we end the star and that's where the difference is